Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This 710 podcast is brought to you by Francis Coppola's Diamond Collection Wines. Coppola's Diamond Collection offers the perfect wines to celebrate both big and small occasions this summer. Claret Cabernet Sauvignon is the perfect pairing with juicy burgers. And Diamond Sparkling Prosecco goes great with friends at your next garden party. Enjoy your summer with Diamond Collection Wines. Francis Ford Coppola Winery, Sonoma, California. Please drink responsibly. Just disappeared. Maybe he won Powerball. Maybe he did win the Powerball. He's on the phone with the California Lottery Board right now. Well, apparently his his ticket was bupkis because he's just walking in right now. Yeah, I tried the whole mask thing, and they wouldn't. <laughs> they wouldn't. They wouldn't let fly. They decided that I needed to show my face. I so don't I have the ticket. The prize. I don't have the ticket with me. <laughs> yeah. But I won. Do you remember there was a stupid show? I think it was called Lottery in the eighties. And it was a network TV show, and the premise was the two guys to go around and telling people they won the lottery. Okay, they, they're they're the ones that say, "Hey, you know that ticket that you bought? You're the winning person." And the show's plot was the same thing every time. The person couldn't find the ticket. The first time, pretty exciting, trying to track down where you left the ticket. Next week, you're like, "I feel like I've seen this." And by like week six, it was off the air. It's like I don't know how many times you can have the same premise. Did okay, you find it? I just found this on IMDb. <laughs> yeah, it's from 1983 to 84. Why do I remember that? It's called Lottery with an exclamation point. <laughs> yes. Uh, stars nobody that I remember at all. Okay. Um, and you describe the plot pretty perfectly. A lottery representative and his IRS partner meet various winners across the country to present the prizes and change their lives. Yes. And the, the plot of every show was, yeah, I don't have the ticket on me. And they're like, well, you're going to have to find it to prove that you won, to verify that you're the right person. Uh, Stephen First, uh, Flounder from Animal House, <laughs> appeared in one episode. I'm assuming that he lost his ticket, the way you're describing it, it, it this. It does track. Like, you can, by the way, too, you can often tell the success and quality of a show by the guest the guest actors look at like the love boat in yes. fantasy island it's yes. loaded with right. names the love boat is basically a murderer's row <laughs> yes. of guest stars <laughs> and like lets you know the love boat was the thing to yes. be on like the bear is like that right now everybody wants to be on the bear no disrespect to Stephen first he <laughs> appears to be the high water mark of, <laughs> of guest stars on lottery <laughs> it was okay why do I remember? How does it say how many episodes there were of Lottery? Um, it went it went one season. Okay, well, so uh, let's say see. it had a full run of twenty two episodes. Okay, so in nineteen eighty three, you said, "Why do I remember a bad TV show that had no famous people in it from forty years ago?" You know what it is sometimes, and I can't speak to Lottery, <laughs> but sometimes it's the theme song. Could be like I there. There was a really janky show from the like late seventies, early eighties. I remember as a little kid called Wonderbug. I don't remember that one. I only remember the theme song. It's like Wonderbug, Wonderbug. <laughs> like I remember that. Maybe it was just lottery, lottery. <laughs> or okay, um, I remember this show, and in part because the the actual stars from it broke out. Okay, but from when I was a little kid, there was a show called Working Stiffs. With Jim Belushi and Michael Keaton, okay, like well before they were they were known, and is I it think like their bosom buddy, buddies. Buddies, well, bosom something? buddies had the biggest movie star of forty years as the lead, right? And yeah. This was not their bosom buddies though, because bosom buddies was a hit. Working stiffs, if I remember okay. correctly, was not. Um, because N Night Shift is what broke Michael Keaton out. That was a Ron Howard movie. Yeah, incredible yeah. movie. Yeah. Him and uh, Henry Winkler, Shelley yeah. Long. It's hilarious. That was his film debut, and he broke out from it. Jim Belushi, you know, he'd been on Saturday Night Live a little bit. I think his breakouts were really considered, like, about last night and, yeah. and, and uh, Thief with James Caan, some other stuff. This, this show is probably, like, 79, 81, something like that, did not do well. But I remember the theme song. 
And I think that is why I remember working stiffs. I don't remember a single episode of it. <laughs> you remember the song. Absolutely. All See right. if we can find the lottery theme we're, song. We're, we're, we're working I, on it back here. I uh, We're going to date ourselves here a little bit. You and I are roughly the same age. Mm-hmm. Your favorite Love Boat guest star that when you saw that they were in the opening oh. credits, you're like, oh, this is going to be good. Jeez. Like, I'm sticking around because there's one that jumps off the page at me, Charo. When, <laughs> when, when Charo was – and I didn't even know this. Like, I didn't know that until maybe 10 years ago I, I learned this. I did not know that Charo is a classically trained musician. Yes, yes. I, I did not know that. I just thought she was a beautiful woman who would, you know, coochie-coochie on, on Love Boat. I didn't know that she was this wonderfully talented performer. I just thought she was comic relief on the Love Boat. But when Charo would roll in – it's pretty special. Hey guys, episode. we found a lottery theme song. <laughs> you know what I love about these theme songs from the 70s and 80s? They just explain yep. the plot of the show yep. in the lyrics. Yep. It's wonderful. Well, Turn of the card. They make roll it so. Of the dice. What they do is they make it so if you've never seen the show before and you happen to stumble across it flipping around channels, you're not confused. You're like, well, I can't follow what's <laughs> happening. Like, they're telling you. <laughs> Somebody won the lottery. Lady Luck was not smiling on me, but a turn of the card, a roll of the dice. Absolutely. <laughs> does the does the theme ring a bell at all? Not even a little bit. Hmm. Not even a little bit. But I remembered it existed. For me, I, a John Ritter episode oh. on the Love Boat. That was always special for me. I love okay. John Ritter. That's good. That's Three, good. Three's Company. What uh, about a Sammy Davis? <laughs> I don't remember him oh, on it. Sammy Davis. Oh, I'm sure he was. <laughs> yeah. I, We'll be making you know that Captain Steubing, while he was making the love boat, was like 40. Look, <laughs> that he, that he looked, isn't he still alive? I think he recently passed. I, I, I don't want to put Gavin in the ground if he's not, but I believe that Gavin McLeod recently passed. Well, it's a Wilford Brimley thing. Right. He was 51 when he was in Cocoon. <laughs> I know. It's shocking. And he was living in a, you know, basically a storage facility for elderly people yes. because he was getting ready to You're die. You're right. It was a final in 2021. Yeah. There you go. So, yeah, though, Gavin McLeod, who played Captain Steubing, was, I believe, in his 40s when he was on the Love Boat. Yes. I mean, th this is how big the Love Boat was. I just found uh, through a, a Google search, goldderby.com. 33 Oscar-winning guest stars on The Love Boat. That's insane. Yes. Like, I mean, Oscar-winning star. Being on The Love Boat was not considered slumming it. Like, no. that was a big deal. Like, yeah, particularly if you were in TV, because back then, TV and movies were really separated. And, like, TV, to some, to some degree, was considered slumming to begin with. But if you appeared on The Love Boat, it let people know you were a big deal in TV. So I'm going to take Isaac off the board because he's too, it's too obvious of an answer. Okay, if you, like, if you had to be an employee on The Love Boat, I, Isaac's in the bar. He's hanging out. He's serving drinks. He's by the pool. Like, Isaac's got Didn't seem to go day. home alone a Did, lot. Isaac was popular. Okay, so everybody wanted to be Isaac. Isaac's off the table. You want to be Doc, Gopher, Julie, Captain Steubing. Who are you looking for? You know what's funny? None of it seems appealing other than Isaac. <laughs> like, I don't envy any of those people. Like, I'd probably choose Captain Steubing. Yeah, that's the right answer. Just to be in charge. You, you don't you, have to do anything. The, the love boat never hit rough seas. <laughs> you, 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 never, you never had to navigate the love boat no, through, I, like, a, a channel. So it was going to hit the rocks. <laughs> never happened. Yeah, he's not. there's not the scene where Captain Steubing's in the bridge where the water's over the top of the boat. Offering to go down <laughs> with the ship and the band. All he does is eat dinner in a tuxedo mm -hmm. and offer some advice to some lovers who have fallen on hard times. Mm -hmm. That's it. They always manage to work it out at the end. Okay. Much like lottery that had one plot, so did the love boat. Come on board, in love, fall out of love, but by the time we're back from Mazatlan, everything's fine. Well, they're expecting you. <laughs> I mean, like they prepared. They're ready. Have you ever been on a cruise? Yes. You like them? Uh, yeah, I had a good time. I went on a Disney cruise several years oh, ago. Okay. It's when Brian and I went with our parents. Uh, our kids were very little. Where, where'd you go? Um, a lot of like the West Coast. Went to Mexico. Of Mexico? Yeah. Okay. It, it's enjoyable. Like they, I'll say this. The Disney cruise, like they take care of everything. I got to be honest now, and this really has nothing to do with the cruise industry or like the quality of it, whatever. 
it now just feels like a germ factory, and I just don't want to get on Does one. Does it have anything to do with the fact that you always see on the news that the thing has been docked offshore and they're sending in hazmat teams? Yes, Is that exactly. Why? Like, it just... One of many things that the pandemic changed how you feel about blank. Yeah. Cruise ships now just feel like... By the way, they're cranking again. Yeah, I know they are. Yeah. And look, I'm sure the overwhelming majority of people end up really enjoying it. It feels like a really high-end Petri dish. So when you work... <laughs> That's disgusting, by the way. When, a luxury Petri dish. <laughs> exactly. When you work... You're, you're Isaac, okay? Isaac Kamenetsky is now on the love boat. You're, you work your... I'm assuming you do an 8, maybe you do a 12. Oh, I think it's like a 12. Okay, so you do a 12. I mean, so, th those bars never close. I understand. So you're either, you know, your, your days or your nights... But that also means you have 12 hours on the ship to do with what you please. Say you sleep for eight of them, which is probably too many. So, so you got another four hours to kill on the boat. What do you do if you're an employee of the boat on the boat and you're not on shift? Yeah, I don't know because they probably discourage you from hitting the casino, like the tables. <laughs> you leave your wages on the boat. Well, I think they probably also just don't want their employees gambling. You worry about any type of improprieties. That didn't seem to be a problem on the love boat. <laughs> did they? Did they allow? No, no, I'm just saying that there seemed to be quite a bit of entanglements between the guests and the staff. It's one thing to have, you know, uh, entanglements of a of a sexual variety with one of the guests. <laughs> I think most guests will turn, you know, look the other way with that. Whatever. Okay. It's quite another thing if they feel like. Isaac is taking my winnings because he and the dealer are in cahoots. Oh, that's something that's going to upset them. I want to know what they do. I, 877-710 ESPN. <laughs> if you've worked on a cruise ship, if you've been in anything cruise ship adjacent, like when you're not on the clock, are you just sitting in your room waiting for your shift to start again? What do you do, and this what are the rules? Actually. I, I'm curious how you spend because you're in the, nowhere to go. It's what like are the rules, by the way, with fraternizing? Hit us up eight seven 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 ten ESPN. It is the Waba Grill lunch hour on seven ten ESPN. Thanks to our friends at Waba Grill, you got to try the new Waba Grill's new Asian inspired Boom Boom Tacos with your choice of chicken, ribeye steak, or shrimp. Visit your local Waba Grill location or order online for pickup and or delivery. Pickup or delivery at wabagrill.com. Waba Grill, eat smart, be healthy. Let's go back to what we were talking about with the NBA as well, Andy. When we come back, about who's got the most on their plate night in and night out. That's coming up. It's Travis Lee, seven ten. ESPN. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Brian, you need to uh, help us with one of our uh, Travis Lee community all-stars here. Capitano Matt on Twitter says that lottery theme song is a banger. Can I find that on Spotify? Where did you find that? YouTube. YouTube. So there you go. Might you can, be on Spotify. You YouTube. can find the uh, lottery theme song on YouTube. 
and I do love that everything kind of explains the show in that 30, what are those, 30 seconds, a minute tops. You know the plot of every show before it even starts. Oh, yeah. I remember Silver Spoons? Oh, yeah. Here we are, face to face, a couple of Silver Spoons. Like, they... How about they, different strokes? Different strokes. Now the world don't move to the beat, beat of just, of just one, like, one drum. Right. What might be right for you may not be, may right, not for be some. right for some. Be, by the way, that was them really <laughs> in the most non-confrontational way. It's them saying, look, we know some of you don't approve of an interracial family, <laughs> but we're going to present this family anyway. It was anyway. the 80s, Andy. You had to soft shoe this <laughs> like, stuff. You we, had to be a little more this delicate. This might not be right for you. <laughs> but it might be right for some. It might be right for some. <laughs> we are hoping that the sum includes this audience. But we understand some of you are out immediately. He's another one. Mr. Drummond was probably in his 30s, and he looked like he was 74. They're just, they're Con just Conrad, Conrad Bain. Bain. He looked that way for a long time. I feel like he was born looking like that. I know this is apropos of nothing, but my wife, Susan, thinks that Peter Gammons looks like Conrad Bain. And every time he would pop on ESPN, she would ask, what's Mr. Drummond doing talking about baseball? I can she see it. She would do it every time. I mean, there's a bit of all old people look alike, but I, I get it. Similarities. I get what she's saying. Um, so it's 12-17. We've been doing the show for two hours and 17 minutes and change, and you have not disputed the results of the chugging contest from All-Star Friday. I, I've, I've left you ample room to bring it up on your own. I thought that we would have gotten there by now. Okay. Because you brought this up, I was not going to go oh, here at all. Okay. But because you brought this up, I had a lot of people hitting me up on Twitter, at Cam Brothers. Mm -hmm. And again, this was them bringing it up, not me saying a word. Sure. Them bringing it up. A lot of people disputing, A, your lack of spillage. In other words, saying you were spilling. Not true. Uh, I believe that the tweets came in, but look at the video. There's no beer running down my face. Well, you would think that, Travis, except <laughs> there were a few people, including uh, at Orle Juan, uh -huh. who said, quote, I have meticulously slowed this video down multiple times, tape. and damn near from the start, you can see Travis spilling from both sides of his mouth. Just follow the green-marked area, and it's so obvious. The green-marked area? This is an area that he, he included photos oh, of. Oh, okay. Parentheses, I know today he called people doubting him, quote-unquote, haters. Then <laughs> at, L -A, at never, L-A-L-N-E-V-E-R, okay. can confirm Beer flowing like wine, and he circled the spots with this. <laughs> Somebody else, by the way, too, uh, E Money and Napa at kilos in kilos and grams. Twitter video, the one put out by our ESPNLA social team, mm -hmm. has been edited so you don't see the spillage he had because <laughs> beer came out of that cup. As no. we all at home saw it, minutes 56.45 through 50.49 on the YouTube stream, you see the beer coming out. Didn't know you were allowed to spill some in a contest. So for somebody that didn't want to talk about this, you have a lot of tweets locked and loaded. So is this like the equivalent of like a 100-meter race and it's like a false start or something? Is this like the equivalent of that? I want to make it clear, by the way. I am not in any way, nor have I ever said that I won. Okay. I'm not trying to make the case that I won. You know, Shaflander would have a, a say in this. Travis. Shaflander is not arguing that he won. I, he conceded his defeat. Sure, but I'm saying... If all of these things that other people noticed and went through a uh -huh. lot of efforting with the tape, so to speak. So just so I just so I have a rough understanding of what we're getting at here, that there are a couple of conspiracy theorists on Twitter, whereas the hundreds of people in attendance on Friday night saw something entirely different. Okay, f first of all, to, like, a, like a former president would say, many people are saying, <laughs> right. many people are saying, that there was some spillage happening <laughs> yeah, okay. during this. De DeAndre, it's an edited, come in here for a second. An edited video was put out through our social team, <laughs> no, which makes me wonder, how deep does this go? <laughs> All the way to the top, I mean, Andy. Look, Sam, Sam Pines... You know, charge of good karma in charge of all of us. He's always yes. struck me as a really honorable guy. He's a man of integrity. Truth is, I don't really know him, though. I don't know what he's capable of. I don't know <laughs> if this goes all the way to the top. There are reasons. Perhaps the Travis and Sliwa okay. show ratings started skyrocketing <laughs> after Travis's Perhaps. first win. Perhaps. They're worried about what happens if that mystique goes away. <laughs> you have to maintain this lie. Everybody's in on it. 
So DeAndre from the Fun and Games Department is in here with us right now. DeAndre, you were also a fellow participant in the chugging contest. I sure was. I was a fellow participant. You were standing right next to me. Standing you right were immediately to, to my right. Shafi was to my left. So presumably you had a good view of what was going on. I did. Did I spill beer? From my point of view, I'm not going to lie to you, I saw no beer spillage. This is also from a guy whose head was directly back because but he's chugging. If I turned around. How the around, hell is he supposed to watch this? And, but he would see that I have I would, beer I flowing I out of saw, my beer. Okay, after the game, okay, I wasn't going to bring this up, but as long as you're going there. After the game, I noticed this big spot on your shirt. It's because shirt. I'm 50 pounds overweight, <laughs> not me, because I, I spilled him. beer. Except it wasn't there before the contest began, and I said Did you, you not see me double or single off the wall where I had to sprint? It wasn't there before the contest began, and I actually pointed this out to you, and you said, that's sweat, <laughs> or that's the story I'm sticking to. You know what's, you know what's funny, though? is like, if he was a spill, a little bit of beer. When I like felt some drops on me, or a little bit, you know, just a little no, bit. No, I mean, he didn't spray it. <laughs> I'm not saying, but still, like, you know. Here's dripping. the other thing, too. And by the way, this applies to everyone. And I want to make this clear: I'm not claiming that I won. I genuinely am not. You can't do though this type of contest with cups that aren't clear. I agree with that. That that that's because when that's Travis nonchalantly threw that cup behind him, he did. We have I, no idea that he actually finished it. He just declared himself no, again. Done. I would go back to the video, and when I do flip the cup over my head, there's not a rooster tail of of uh, Michelob Ultra going out of the cup. There's nothing falling out of it. DeAndre, correct me if I'm wrong. You filled up the cups, yes? Actually, you know what? I didn't fill up the cups. Okay. Uh, one of our interns, uh, Lucas. Lucas did it. Probably Lucas also in on it. <laughs> you, you know what? You I mean, he what? wants to rise through the company, I'm sure. <laughs> So, in your unbiased opinion, you mean the recent VP, Lucas, that guy? (laughs) Do you feel like the contest was conducted on the up and up? No. No. (laughs) What what, 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 what part of it was not legitimate? Like I said, just the whole, like like you said, brought a good point up about the cuffs, not being able to see the the amount of beer that was in the cuffs. I think that was like the the strongest claim that we can make. I mean, as far as beer spillage and everything, no, there was no beer spillage. Okay. So you think that my cup was filled with less than others? Possibly. We don't know. Okay. Possibly. And again, look, many people are saying, Travis, <laughs> that the, you know what this, the video that was presented to the people was edited. I mean, all this means is that Brian Windhorst, why would they do that? Yeah. Why would know. they do that? Can I make one more? Of course. I feel like I was in third place. No. no. Why, why not? Because well, the video shows you finishing but, a but distant fourth. But here's the fourth. thing, though. To That's DeAndre's why. point, <laughs> how does he know? <laughs> yeah. How does how does DeAndre know that the third place, I guess, is me, or second? I don't know if you, I'm second you or third. You and Schaff were really cl- – I right. think he got you by Maybe. a hair. But how does DeAndre know that I because finished my cup? Because there's video of this. There's video of me declaring myself <laughs> done. There's no video of the actual beer. Right. So I think we've set up a good and, and again, I here's what I do not want to do because when there were were there five of us that did it? Mm-hmm. Okay. If there're five of us, it's hard to keep your eye on five people. Mm. I will do one more with you at some point of your choosing. You know I will do no, no. one more with you. I, I, you know what? I'm intimidated. <laughs> I, I probably I won't take that challenge. <laughs> Because I tell people, he came up to me before we started the competition, and he said, you're doing this, right? <laughs> and I saw, like, the, the like, I just seen, game like, face. I, I saw I saw a game face, and I, I immediately felt defeat. Well, I mean, everybody has their rookie call-up moment. It's yeah. funny. <laughs> right. Yeah, look, I, I, it's, I've been in the game for a while. This is something that I understand. I, If you would like, DeAndre, I will go again with you, one-on-one. What about Parker? Uh, <laughs> Parker needs to go back to like JV ball. He 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 needs to get his his game together before he he, he lost his opportunity to run in the big leagues. Okay, how much involvement, DeAndre? Because I don't know all the ins and outs of everything you do here with the fun and games department. How much are you directly involved with the social media team and what they put out? I I, I would say I'm heavily involved as far as but as far as that video, I I did not produce that video. Okay, so. I, who did produce it? I, I I'm not I'm not gonna say wow. I'm not gonna say I'm not I'm gonna, gonna say I'm now now you have my curiosity. I'm peak. not gonna say I'm, I'm gonna leave that out. out of the... All right, let's let's try a phone call right here. There's people that kind of want to weigh in on this. I don't know if they were there or not. Let's start in Santa Barbara with JP. JP, you're on with Trav, Andy, and DeAndre. What's up? Hey guys, it's it's unfair. Is playing one on one with Shaq. 
where, where, where did Travis go to school? UC Santa Barbara, a top 10 party school for like the last 50 years. <laughs> the guy's a professional. It's not fair. I mean, I went to USC. Say, <laughs> There's USC, a fair amount of shenanigans been, going on there. <laughs> there are some things there, but Isla Vista in particular, UC Santa Barbara, Isla Vista is a community right next to the, the university. There's a keg or two. There's a oh, sure. boat race or two going on there, and I feel like I got some some good minor league training going on right there. That's what Beto will not mess with it. Beto says, "I've seen you. You're from IV. It's a non-starter. Is that an unfair advantage? I don't no, think so. Look, look, it's not unfair. I mean, you you train where you train. <laughs> like th- this is where you chose to train. You chose to train with the best. I have no problem with that. Again, I'm not even claiming." that you lost, I won, whatever. I'm just saying there is an awful lot of people that seem interested in presenting Travis as the undisputed winner, the undisputed champion, the undefeatable, and I'm just wondering what this is all about. That's all. It just seems like there's a lot of people at this station with a very vested interest. Many people are saying. Many people are saying. (laughs) Many people are noticing that – there's one there of these things happening. Here is one of the many people that would like to talk about it. Vincent in Los Angeles. Vincent, you're on. What's going on, Vincent? Hey, how are you guys doing? All right. Hey, I, w- I work down the street from you guys, and I love the show, by the way. Thank hey, you. Hey, you're right. There was spillage. There was Thank spillage. you. <laughs> on the video, on the video, it's clear as day, and you're right. All the people at ESPN, they're in it with him. <laughs> they're in it with him. They're spillage. It's clear as day. Hey, you're you're a badass. Ooh, sorry, sorry. That's you're all right. That's okay. Travis, Travis, you're awesome, but no, there was spillage. The fact that you're saying there wasn't, no, Vincent. no, there was, and you can clearly see it on the video. Vincent, go look at the video on my. Thank you for the call, Vincent. Go to my Instagram page, and it's either the the first or second thing near the top. There is a video, not my video. It is a, is a video that a listener gave to me that night. That there was already some rumblings of things, and he goes, "It wasn't." And he sent me this video. I put it up there. It is unedited. You're gonna have to take my word on it because I don't know how to do it. <laughs> That's a pretty good case, right? I'm incapable of editing said video. There's not a drop. <laughs> Eddie Carrillo, conspiracy. <laughs> Can we get some congressional hearings about it? You know, you know what's crazy is that. When they screenshotted the, the part of the spillage, they zoomed in on it, and there was, like I said, sweat. I don't. Know. Wasn't there before? I, don't I mean, know. were you sweating during? Of was course. the champion sweating during this contest? Does Clayton Kershaw just walk out to the mound without having a couple of warm-up pitches? You get the blood flowing. There was no warm-up though. Yeah, there was. You know, oh, speak for yourself. There, the, 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 there was a lot of warming up in the uh, Team Mason dugout. I'm just dugout. saying, there, there seems to be a lot of people at this station with a vested interest in the perception of Travis Rogers <laughs> it's not the as, perception. This, I, as I, this undefeatable I, force. And Travis is great. Yeah. I'm not claiming he isn't great. I, I'm not claiming I won. The tour will continue. There will be more shots. Christopher Holmes spilling is like steroids in 90s MLB. (laughs) Everybody was doing it just who was doing it better. (laughs) No, I was not spilling. I reject your steroids analogy. Back to the NBA and who's doing the most. And his AD asked to do as much as everybody else in the league and more. That's next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. If you are injured in an accident, you need to know that not all personal injury attorneys are the same. You need to know that because they're not, right? Sweet James, they've been awarded the best attorneys in America, and personal injury is all that they do. And their success is driven by a passion to help their clients. And where does the passion come from? It's easy, right? Sweet James used to work for the insurance companies. He saw how they did business with their clients. He didn't like it and decided that people deserve what they're entitled to, making sure that your medical expenses are covered, making sure that your vehicle is repaired properly, and, of course, settlements, right? Life-changing settlements. Sweet James has collected over a billion dollars in his nearly 20 years career. And think about this. He collects more in a year than most firms do in their entire lifetime. So if you're hurt in an accident, do what I've done and call the accident attorneys at Sweet James. 1-800-9-MILLION. That's 1-800-900-0000. You want a firm that has the experience, a winning record helping injured victims get the medical care needed with life-changing settlement. The law firm you choose absolutely matters. That's why you need to choose the same one that I did, 
Sweet James. 1-800-9-MILLION. 1-800-9-MILLION. That's 1-800-900-0000 and sweetjames.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. There's some YouTube commentary, Andy. Andy's in for Salida today about who drinks or who sweats while drinking a cold beer. Anybody that's ever seen me drinking cold beer, <laughs> that's who, especially if I'm doing it in the middle of a, a softball game. But many people are saying that many you're, people you're are right. saying <laughs> Many people are saying. It's so good. I absolutely love it. All right. Dodgers off tonight. They're in Texas for a three-game series starting tomorrow. Um, first time they've been back through Texas, that new ballpark there, since they won the World Series in 2020. There's a piece in the Times talking about how it was just different, how the celebration was obviously muted considering the circumstances. We were mid-pandemic. It was still a bizarre world and social distancing and all that kind of stuff. It got me thinking a little bit. I don't think that the 2020 World Series for the Dodgers or the 2020 NBA Championship for the Lakers is less than, but I think it's impossible to argue that it's not wildly different than any other championship that was, and especially baseball, because they only played 60 games, because it was a playoff format that was kind of thrown together at the last minute, that baseball is more than any other sport a war of attrition and getting the line and then being hot at the right time. If the Dodgers had won the World Series in either 2017 against the Astros or 2018 against the Boston Red Sox, but lost the little abbreviated one against Tampa, the one that they won, are we looking at this era of Dodger baseball differently? Because the only criticism of it is you, you haven't won the title enough. It's been 10 years, mm -hmm. 11 years. You've only got one. It was a weird season at that. If they had punched a 162-game season ticket, do we look at it differently? Because I, I, I don't think there's an argument that you wouldn't. Quite possibly, yeah. I mean, it, I'm not doing the asterisk thing no. with the Dodgers one. I mean, it's, it's difficult to compete with everything that was going on in the world at that time. Like, I'm sure for a lot of players, there's the – having to focus while feeling like, am, is this safe? Like, yeah, is this a good idea? <laughs> is this actually a safety issue, me being out there? So I'm not, I'm not trying to lessen the impact of it, but there's no question that it, it was different even in ways that I think the NBA bubble wasn't different because that season was three quarters or like four-fifths done before it got stopped. And then everybody other than Jimmy Butler agreed being in the bubble sucked. <laughs> Like Butler Jimmy had a coffee machine. Jimmy Bub Jimmy <laughs> Butler loved it. Yeah, because he's apparently like a like the whole heat culture, like about being uncomfortable, mm -hmm. is perfect for the bubble. But everybody else loathed it there. Like LeBron made no bones about. I won't get the hell out of here. Well, it basically precipitated the end of the Clipper. That that era of Clipper basketball yeah. ended because of the bubble. Yeah, I think they all just sort of collected, you know what, we'll win it next year. I want to get <laughs> yeah, out of here. Yeah, and, and Doc was gone, and the player, the personnel yeah. changed a lot. I was, I've thought about this before. Like, if they had won in 2017 or 2018, I wonder if Kershaw's already long retired. Maybe. Because, like, I think part of what kept him going, not entirely, obviously, because he has a World Series and he keeps pitching, but he he needed to both 
put that on his resume, and get all of the bad playoff moments off his back. And if he had pitched well in 2017 or 18, or if they just win, yeah, because if you win the whole thing, nobody remembers. The, the details get lost. I wonder if he's done. That's interesting. I hadn't really thought about that, but there, I, there's a world where that exactly is what happens. But that obviously changes, though, like this entire period well, of Dodger baseball. It, it, it's still there's still the thing that is. You you can make the argument, yeah, these ten years have been amazing, but you really haven't done what you need to do. And even their World Series title comes with an explanation. It's not 17 and 18. There are no explanation needed. There's a regular season. You won the thing. No, there's thing. more of an explanation it, of why they lost. Right, right. And it just feels that this – and, again, the players almost across the board have changed with the exception of Clayton Kershaw. The management has changed over that 10-year <laughs> And Austin point. Barnes. And, and Austin <laughs> Barnes, who's batting a buck. But it feels like that explanation has – if you go one for 10, but it's a it's a full season one – it's like, okay, that's that's baseball. But that they're one for ten is a fraction of a season is just it's a it's an objection that's difficult to overcome. Yeah, I mean it also speaks to just how weird baseball is and how fluky it can feel. Like baseball's hard to win. Like I think so, there's a reason that generally speaking, teams don't rip off these like you know, long runs or you know, back to back. You don't see three peats and very very rarely. It's you got to go back to what, like the Yankees when yeah. that was happening it was in the twenty years ago. Yeah, it's hard. Like baseball is a really difficult sport to succeed in. If you if you get on base, you know, if you get hits thirty percent of the time, you are considered an awesome batter. Okay, so with that in mind, the randomness of it all—that the best teams get in over six months, right? If we're going to take the six best teams, the 12, but it doesn't matter. We're going to, we're going to identify whoever the best are over six months. And then we're just going to put them all over there. And number one, relative to number 10, pretty big gap in that thing. But over two weeks or a month, that Delta, that, that difference becomes far less meaningful, right? That if we're just going to play a best of seven, even if I'm a lot better than you, you have a pretty good chance of beating me. Why does it never break their way? If it is as random as we all agree that it is, and baseball is random, if we run it 10 times, why is it never broke their way? I don't know. I, I don't have a really It's good weird, idea. right? Yeah, because I, I I get the randomness of it. I'm not saying that, well, you had the best team this year, this year, and this year. You should have won all three. But if you've had one of the best teams 11 years in a row and it's never broke your way, that's weird. I mean, I'm trying to think about – some specifics to explain it like one thing that jumps out to me immediately was the Giants for a period had one of one of the modern all-time greats in Bumgarner uh -huh. when it comes to just you are a big game pitcher like that guy was nails in the playoffs and that happened to come at a period that was at the Dodgers expense like what we're talking about. Like that's at the very beginning of it. Yeah. At so, the very beginning of this run is when they were winding down that run. Well, it's like okay. It, it's like the way that I think about it's like the way I think about with Stockton and Malone. And mm -hmm. you know, trust me, I don't want to ever give either one of those guys any more credit. Any specific reasons? <laughs> we, don't, we don't have enough time. We don't have enough time to for me to really go into this. Uh-huh. Forget I asked. Go ahead. But truth be told. <laughs> Those guys had incredibly bad luck when you think about Jordan. their era. Well, not just Barkley. Jordan. Not just Jordan. Akeem. They played, Magic. They played in an era of the three-peat Lakers, yeah. the Tim Duncan Spurs, Elijah Wan, Bad Boy Pistons. Like They played during this era of all these teams that weren't just good enough to win. They were good enough to go back-to-back. -back. Like That was their entire period in the NBA, and they were – and I hate to say it, really good players. Mm -hmm. But for them to never win, a lot of that was honestly timing. Their timing was bad. Yes to that, and I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. Baseball is less that because the, the inferior team has a better chance in baseball than it does in any other sport, okay? Why does it never break the Dodger way? Why does the better team not win? And and Or when the Dodgers have been maybe not the heavy favorite the way they've been other times, why doesn't that break their well, way? Well, a couple of years they were the heavy favorites. They depending, were. Depending on how much you think what the Astros were doing and what the Red Sox were doing, that's two of those years. It is. And not to go too far down that because that's 
that's ground that's been covered a million times. But that is not the only two times it happened. Oh, no, of and course. That, and that's why it's like, okay. But I'm and saying you combine that one with, of those you goes combine that, it's different. You combine that with Baumgartner, with, you know, that era, with, you know, last year they ran into just a really hot at the right time. It was Padres, correct? Padres knocked him out, yeah. Yeah. But I, it wasn't just that the Padres are super hot. It's that they were super cold. It was, sure. it was more the Dodgers being cold than the Padres being hot. Which is, again, brings me back to the question. And I don't have the answer. I'm just trying to figure out why. If random is the answer to why it hasn't happened, then why does it never happen randomly in their favor? I mean, some. Maybe it's happening this year. I mean, it could be happening this year because it's hard to explain how this team has been so good all year. Someone might say the randomness working out in their favor was the year they won in 2020. Could be. But they they were the best team that year, too. They they won the most games. They were on a position. Sure. It's a weird deal. They should win one and just put this whole thing to bed. Never miss a moment of Trav and Slee. You can always listen to the podcast on the all-new ESPN LA app. Brought to you by Francis Coppola's Diamond Collection Wines. Coppola's Diamond Collection offers the perfect wines to celebrate both big and small occasions this summer. Enjoy your summer with Diamond Collection Wines. The Dump, coming up next. It's Trav and Slee, and he's in for Slee on 710 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash network this podcast is proud to be supported by jets pizza the number one pick in detroit style pizza why it's simple jets is better with the thickest crispiest cheesiest detroit style pizza in the country there's no competition right now get five dollars off any eight corner pizza with code eight save that's the number eight s-a-v-e go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Andy, all right, Andy, let's start right here. And once I get my uh, – Shakira is reportedly dating Jimmy Butler. And then you mentioned this morning that she's also simultaneously uh, involved in another tax case in Spain. Does one have anything to do with the other? At the risk of besmirching the good character of Shakira, who I've never heard anything bad about other than... I'm a fan. Never heard anything bad about her other than the fact that she apparently can't manage her money. (laughs) Bad tax account. This is her second tax fraud case in Spain. (laughs) Like, I don't even know about other countries. I'm just saying Spain alone. Is Spain notorious for rigorous tax law? I I don't know. I have no idea when it... I've been to Spain once. It was lovely. It felt very relaxed. Um, Maybe you're next. Maybe they're getting to you. Is it a coincidence that she happens to be dating a guy worth probably hundreds of millions of dollars in Jimmy Butler at a time where she may have to pay back some taxes? Hey, Jimmy, this is going great. Real quick, can I borrow? Can you can you float me a little bit? I got this Spanish IRS thing hanging I don't my head. want to live in a world that cynical at the same time i'm the one that pointed this out to you (laughs) exactly all right uh james harden has removed everything uh philly 76ers related from his social media accounts it's kind of pro forma the way that it's done in the modern era where you want the thing or you don't want the thing that you change your social media status one way or the other i i like how philly's handling this i liked how they handled the ben simmons thing i get it you don't want to be here but we're not just going to accommodate you just to accommodate you. We'll accommodate you if it benefits us as well. I mean, James Harden, of all people, should understand this because that was the strategy they used to bring him to Philadelphia in the first place. Like, And that was the strategy he was banking on to get him to Philadelphia, Mm -hmm. which is we will wait out until we get what we want. So, look, this is the way this works. You can only not just force yourself to a different team, but say I have a list of one team – you can only do this so many times. 
And I think Harden is in this position right now. I was talking with Yates about this a little bit yesterday. Do you think that the the teams, not the, the players obviously have leverage, The and, and I'm pro-player having leverage and getting what they want contractually and everything else, but this, hey, I want out of here and I want you to send me over there, it feels like yeah, we'll try, but we're also not just going to get it done by the end of the week because you want it. We need to get something back. Damian Lillard is still in Portland for the time being. James Harden is still in Philly for the time being. That we'll move. The, the Lakers were very patient to wait to move Russell Westbrook until they got something that they felt was beneficial in return are teams finally being pushing back a little bit on this well he's a star we got to do what he needs well I, I think there's a combination of the new cba is going to make you more careful just in general like we we saw some of that just in this free agency with mm-hmm. I, you know the numbers weren't as crazy as we've seen in the past i also feel in a lot of ways how much how much pull you can get has to do with your specific circumstances like how immediately you can make something happen James Harden is going to have a difficult time, I think, moving forward with contracts, period. Because his value is lower than his, it was? His value is lowering. He's been – he has not been good in the playoffs. Like, he he certainly has not dominated in the playoffs the way somebody of you know his stature over his time in the NBA that you would believe. He's pulled this now a few times. So, it's like, what's your hurry to get in bed with James Harden? Like, at this point – it, it just feels like, I mean, this is a one-year deal anyway, but just moving forward, does anyone want to get in a long-term relationship with him? And with Damian Lillard, it's the opposite. It's a four-year contract. Right. So you need to really make sure you want to do this. You know, he's right now signaling it's Miami or nothing, but the truth is Damian Lillard's not going to sit out this season. Well, that, they, okay, so put Lillard in your pocket for a second. Stick with Harden. We get to October. Season's starting. James Harden is – Playing for Philly, playing for someone else, or not playing? I think he, I think he's going to be playing because I think even Harden is smart enough to recognize going into a contract year, if he pulls another loafing to start the season like he did with Houston, like he's done with Brooklyn, it's going to be it's going to be a mess that's going to affect him moving forward. So I imagine he's going to play. I don't. I think he's going to make it incredibly clear wherever he can he wants the hell out. I would be surprised if he loafed it the way he did before. So I think he's going to show up wherever he is. So with that in mind, let's go to the next one here. Saquon Barkley says that he might sit out the upcoming season if he doesn't get a new long-term deal from the Giants. Quote, this is Saquon Barkley. My leverage is I could say blank you to the Giants. I could say blank you to my teammates. And be like, you want me to show you my worth? You want me to show you how valuable I am to the team? I won't show up. I won't play it down. And that's a play I could use. Anybody who knows me knows that's something I that's not something I want to do. It's it is something that's crossed my mind. I never thought I would ever do that, but now I'm at a point where I'm like, man, I might have to take it to this level, and I'm prepared to take it to this level. I don't know. It it it's a really and football in particular, right? That out of sight, out of mind, pretty quickly with these guys if they decide to go that way. But I I understand his point, especially at that position. I think it's a little bit different with Barkley because of the you know the shortened careers these guys all have, particularly with running backs. But also too, Barkley could actually change this to just the idea of I'm saving my legs for a year. I'm saving my body for a year. Like, if I'm not going to get the contract that I want and I'm going to end up having to enter free agency, perhaps I want these other teams to feel like they're getting a fresher version of me, like a less damaged goods version of me. It's it's such a weird thing because running backs are still valuable, but you also realize that they are a wildly depreciating asset from the moment you start to pay these You know, guys. I Mina Kimes on one of – ESPN's recent shows broke this down really well about how a lot of this is a CBA problem. Like and and like a limit on what these guys can make like specifically at their position coming out of college because a lot of their great years as a professional like in terms of what they can do well, a lot of that gets used up in college, then they use up a big portion of it on their rookie deal. And then the problem isn't that they are washed by the time their next deal is coming. It's in a really heavily capped league. Their position has just become deemed easier to replace, even if the guy isn't as good as your brain. Uh, he, he's 80% as good at 10% of the price. That's not right. a hard decision to make. Right. It's not. 
Today was the day in 1969, moon landing. Today was the have, have we had, and I know we've had historic moments. Have we had a historic moment that everybody was joyous about like that since then? We've had tragedies that we all remember, but something like that that was joyous since then. Hmm. It's a good question. Thank you. Uh, well, I, I say this about the moon landing. So I was little. Real? I was a little Do you kid. Have a recollection. It is real, by the way. <laughs> real? It is real. Who's Kyrie? Yeah. And uh, and I remember being what a whatever it was. How long? Nineteen sixty nine. Sixty nine. So I was like uh, four. I okay. Think. And I, my mom and dad were visiting San Francisco. They were out of town on vacation, and we were staying with the Demerleys. Uh, that was the family that lived across the street. And so uh, Judy Demerley sat me down and i granted I, i'm a little kid here right i don't know what's going on she sat me down and said look at this you're gonna remember it for the rest of your life and you know what i have only because judy demerley sat me down and made me watch that thing john do you remember it at all like no but there's a great you guys remember bob cut fun see if you can find this do you guys remember bob costas hosted a show called later yeah, sure. yeah. it was on after letterman mm -hmm. for about five six years i was up to replace him were you so, legit? Yeah. One time he had Mary Lou Henner on. And Mary Lou. Oh, she has that memory thing. Right. Yeah. Mary Lou Henner can tell you anytime past the age of five, you could ask her about any day in her life and she can tell you what she did. No that way. Day. Yeah. What there's she about more, what she There's ate about 100 people day. in the world that have this ability. Oh, man. Yeah. So Costas asked her about it and she goes, Yeah, it's weird. I, but I can do it. And he said, Okay. July 20th, 1969. And Mary Lou Henner looks at her like she's seen a ghost. And she goes, did someone put you up to that? And uh, and Costas goes, no, it's the it's Neil Armstrong walked on the moon. And she goes, you just picked that day randomly. He goes, I think so. And he goes, why? Why are you reacting like this? She goes, that's the day I lost my virginity. No oh, kidding. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and I went, are you, what are the odds? Like, God, it's just two, a random Two day big out. events in her life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> two big events. Let's do a little super crosstalk. ESPN AM 710 Los Angeles. KRDC AM 1110 Pasadena, Los Angeles. K256CX 99.1 FM Pasadena, Los Angeles. It's the greatest segment in LA sports radio history. Radio history. Oh, my God. When the shows come together for magic on the radio. If Bologna grows stronger, super crosstalk. Are we ready for Mason and Ireland to join Travis and Slee? Super crosstalk begins. Super crosstalk presented by In-N-Out Burger. In-N-Out, that's what a hamburger is all about. It's time for super so john i haven't gotten all the way through it we were talking about the love boat earlier today yes you sent a video somebody i didn't know i you I had no idea you guys were gonna bring this up so when i was at ucla the love boat went into syndication it was still in the air but it went into syndication and on channel five every day at 10 o'clock they would air an episode of the love boat followed by an episode of bonanza Okay. That was the Channel 5 morning lineup. And so everybody, I, I had a roommate who, if it, if, if it rained, he, he didn't even think about going on campus. <laughs> but if it was even cloudy, he would look at me and he'd go, boat day. <laughs> and, and, and he would he That's would come great. and i'd go all right i don't have to go to class today yeah. and we'd watch the love boat and then we'd go into westwood and eat at seppi's which was a sandwich <laughs> shop but uh the you said trav that love boat guests back in the day was a modern day murderer's row of guests yeah and until somebody Huge sent me the video um, just do the do the first five people. The first on five that people video. are Tom Hanks, Michael J. Fox, Courtney Cox, David Hasselhoff, and I forget who the fifth, wow. fifth person is. Lloyd was. Bridges, George <laughs> Kennedy. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, like if if you were a big name actor, Leslie Nielsen, 
is on that video. Uh, if you were a big name actor in the seventies or eighties, yep. you eventually ended up on the Love Boat. Florence Henderson, With Florence Henderson, right. Carol yeah. Brady was yeah. on it eleven times. Yeah, she was. Uh, I don't she know. She was on there all the time. I don't know how many appearances she made, but Charo has to be pushing a lot. Oh, oh yeah. Charo was there. Charo yeah. was my favorite guest host. Charo's still Charo, performing somewhere in Hawaii. I didn't right know. Now. I was telling Andy this. You, you guys may or may not know this. Do you know that she's a classically trained yes. guitarist? Yes. Mm -hmm. the, the, I just thought she was a beautiful woman that come on, do her little comedy coochie-coochie thing, and she would dis I didn't know that she had this musical ability. Yeah, I think I saw her back back in the day on late night TV doing- Playing okay, the guitar. Gonna, she plays I'm going to not coochie-coochie. I'm going to actually <laughs> play coochie, guitar coochie. for this. Coochie-coochie. Uh, Gucci, Gucci's the designer uh, brand. Yes. Her line was the other thing. There's a great- Do you know the, the Twitter- account vintage los angeles it's no. Al allison martino it's it you guys would all love it it's an account devoted to just the history of los angeles and a lot of his like los angeles pop culture hollywood stuff like that she tweeted out it's an amazing clip of one of these telethons in 1972 of peter falk ben gazzara adrian barbeau and charo wow. dancing like one of those dance-a-thon Telethons. What is Peter Falk like trying to sell me insurance? <laughs> yeah, there? No, he's trying, he's trying to get you to pledge okay. to whatever cause this was. Peter Falk would be the most influential for me. They all look so drugged out of their oh, minds. They? Yeah. Yeah. Like they are dancing. What's the 70s? Yeah, they yeah. are dancing as if the like fate of Western civilization rests. Good for them. It's amazing, but Sharo is dancing her ass off, man. Yeah. Melissa Gilbert. Tony Danza. I'm just continuing to go through oh, yeah. this. Wow. Anybody who was ever on any ABC show, and mostly anybody who was on any show. Yeah, well, right. Well, what it was. Tori Spelling. What it was. Yeah, young Tori Janet Spelling. Jackson. Janet Jackson, yeah. Wow, <laughs> Janet Jackson. What it was Jamie back... Lee Curtis, Oscar award-winning Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. yeah. Back in the day, TV and movie used to be really separated. And like, yes. movies were considered the A-list television for the most part was B-list yes. or kind of slumming. But the love boat was the pinnacle of prestige for anybody in TV. Like, if you were a guest star on The Love Boat, it signaled that you were a somebody in TV. And then for, like, the Lloyd Bridges and Ernest Borg Borgnines of the world, who used to be film stars but didn't have the same juice, it was a way of maintaining visibility. Right, right. So I, I'm wondering if COVID killed the cruise industry, because uh, I don't know back. anybody. Well, my friend Danny just got back. He went on a cruise to Alaska, and he said it was great. But I had another friend who went on a cruise last month, and everybody in the cruise got COVID. Are you, are either of you guys cruise people? Like, did you? I've been oh on one. I'm, I'm not old enough to like a cruise. My cousin <laughs> and I, my cousin Suzanne and I, my my grandparents took our whole family on a there cruise. There you go, grandparents. I heard the magic. Word. It was it was the Disney cruise. They call it the Big Red Boat. Okay, yeah, I've been on one of those. And uh, and so, my cousin Suzanne and I started drinking like from the first two minutes we walked on the boat. <laughs> How old were you? I just started in San Diego, so I was probably 30. Okay. Um, and Suzanne was probably 26, 27. And we basically coupled off from the beginning, and we we had like five Bahama Mamas a day. <laughs> we were only on this thing for about five hours. And anytime somebody found us, it was like we're in a jacuzzi, we're at a poker table. Well, that's table. it, right? It's, a, it's you eat and you drink, yep. and you stare at the ocean. And you that's, eat some more. That's the whole point yes. of one of these cruises. Yeah, yeah I, I think you either are or are I think not I a did a person. station one years ago for another radio station where it's the you know Mason cruise and people sign up and that kind of stuff. You don't and then remember if you did that or not? No, I'm pretty sure I did that. <laughs> I remember being late for the flight to go to Miami to get on the cruise ship so we had to go on a separate boat to ride out to the cruise ship. Oh, by, by the way, uh, one of our listeners, Carlton, uh, said Costas had the ultimate line after she said um, she lost that's the night I lost her virginity. Costas looks at her and he goes well, we know Neil Armstrong wasn't the culprit. <laughs> <laughs> That's the very Costas line. Yeah, so you were line. up for that gig when he I was, was leaving? Yeah, I was. It came down to uh, Greg Kinnear. Kinnear got it. Kinnear got it. Uh, Chris Rock and me. Really? Yeah. What did Chris Rock and Greg Kinnear, or I guess Greg Kinnear is the answer, what did they have that you didn't have? Did you I'll, get an explanation? I, I'm sure I More finished. More notoriety. I'm sure I finished third in that race. <laughs> it's a good bronze no, medal. No, there's a, there's a big article from the Daily New York Daily News about it. So, Andy, I've not seen you since the softball game. And, you know, you're the funny one. Um, your brother, we found out, 
is the athletic one. He's more athletic than me. I I told you that he was better at baseball than me. Yeah. Like, I I have made – there's some jokers around here who I think have attempted to sell themselves as better – than they actually were. No. Anybody no, specific that you'd like Wait to mention by name? I, I think everybody Perhaps knows Perhaps a shortstop on Team Mason that comes to mind? Oh, that's possible, yeah. <laughs> Third baseman on Perhaps. Team Sleeve? Uh, yeah, could be. Yeah. Could I be. never pretended to be any better than I am. Right. I've you, said. You fulfilled that promise. I mean, look, the truth be told, I barely did anything in this game. Yeah. Like, the ball barely came to me. I only got two at-bats. Like, I was a pretty insignificant footnote. You were like Chris Pratt in Moneyball. Hey, like, uh, hey, Hattie, what's the thing you're most worried about? The ball being hit in my general <laughs> yeah. direction. The two balls that I had, though, were legitimately they, tough. I'm telling you, the fly, the high fly the ball, pop-up on I the felt infield bad was for you, and easy. I knew you had no chance. No. It was it was a major league pop fly, and I'm like, Andy, Was it Kirk? Lost. Did Kirk hit the... It was the, Kirk. Yeah. The, and there the were those fly. lights. I, I looked up, I'm like, where the hell is this ball? Yeah. So yeah. you were at second base on the pop-up. I was playing first base, and it went up, and it was one of those, that might be coming to me, I've never been more relieved when I realized it wasn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you're I, I'm I've enjoyed giving Clinton a hard time. I've enjoyed giving Shaffy a hard time. That pop up to you, I don't think there's anybody out there that no, makes that. Couldn't play. make that play. No, that was a look, I want to make it clear. I'm not saying that if there were no lights, I would have made the play. I'm just saying it was a legitimate. Oh, no, you would not have made the play. I don't think anybody on the field would have made that was a no. legit. You've, you've got to be able to track a major league pop up, which is it was really hard. And then the one that went to right center. I don't know if I could have run that down, but the sun was an issue with that one. Sun and lights. Right. But those were the only two balls that came near me the entire right. game, which again, not complaining. Yeah. Yeah. First base is the place to be. Ball First base ne- was ball, good. The ball never goes there. Yeah, it's all true. You have to do, Nobody hits all it. you have to do is catch the ball when it's thrown right to your chest. The bar is very low, and I accept your invitation <laughs> yes. to play first base yes. again next year. And just Excellent. not have Cap as your third base. I don't think yeah. I'm going to have a team next year. You're going to get I don't, demoted? I just, yeah, I'm going to be demoted. Uh, because I, whoever gets host of the year next year has one team. Okay. And the other person has to go to Sliwa. The other team goes to Sliwa because he won He's this year. He's the defending champ. Now, he could win both, and then there's this an open a- slot. It's yeah, it's like because I'm Susan Lucci when it comes to host of the year. I'm already down too. Did they put the camera on you again this year? Yes, they did. They put the little just microphone, to throw them off. Little microphone on oh, me. We're ready. We're ready for you, Mace. That's tough. There's Slee. There's Slee. Do you guys see who won the Powerball? No. Somebody in it? California, right? L- less than a mile from where we're sitting. Get out of here. The winning ticket was sold less than a mile from where we're sitting right now. And, and I didn't buy one. Yeah. It could have been me. Well, that, So we were talking earlier. I literally have never bought a Powerball ticket in my life. I bought a handful of scratchers here and there, but never bought a Powerball because you're never going to win, right? The fact that it was purchased in a place where I could have walked in and got it makes me feel a Do little Do you know bit specifically where the place is? They had it on the news, oh. and, and Funchy Google It's not the gas it. station on, on the it's corner. Do you remember the name of it, Funch? I think he's looking for you it. find it for right now. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little like a uh, But it's liquor not the one at the corner mark. where they sell the fried chicken and... No, it's not, that one. It's, it's not that one. It's not It's called right. Las Pamanitas Mini Market, okay. literally less than a mile from here. Wow. Does I am really confident that the winner is a P1. Yes. Because these were the numbers. Okay. 7, 10, oh. 11, yep. 13 numbers that can be traced to the Dodgers, to the Lakers, yep. both. And then 24 twice. Oh. How does the same number get called up twice? I don't know. I, so you have your numbers that you pick. Right. And then there's like a bonus number that's like the kicker, and you can re-pick the same okay. number. And that's how. That sounds like a sports fan, doesn't yes. it? Yes. That sounds like a sports fan. I mean seven, that's two coincidences. Start 13. with seven ten. Do you buy do you buy Powerball tickets? Uh, I bought them a couple. Juan buys them all the time. I, you know, I I just think there's better way to spend money. <laughs> that hey, the the one thing I found out from the last time we had this conversation. Do you think the odds are better or worse when to win when the prize goes up? Worse. Because more people, more people buy tickets. T- but the number no, itself. It's exactly the same. Oh, right. The odds are exactly okay. the same. Because it's the number combination. Right. It, because no matter how many people are playing, if that number combination is, it either is or isn't picked. Correct. Correct. Right? Yeah. yeah. And multiple people could have it, but. I remember reading something that says you, the odds of you picking the right, if you pick number one, two, three, four, five, it's the same odds as if you pick any other combination. I of believe numbers. that. That them coming up in order is the same. 
I don't know what the person. The odds are probably exactly the same. Do you buy them, John? You don't strike me as a lotto guy. Uh, like most idiots, I buy them when the numbers get really yeah. big. But I didn't have any time. My wife's out of town. You She's probably up the the, one. Uh, the old liquor store in Manhattan right. Beach. Well, I would probably I would probably buy them closer to here. Like, because I'd be on my way home from work right, and just right. do it that way. We discovered that the- There is a place called Bluebird Liquor in Hawthorne yep. that has produced multiple winners. That's weird. Yeah. that That's weird that there's multiple winners out of one liquor store. Uh, I've discovered that the first thing I would spend my winnings on would be multiple ice machines. We've, we've discovered <laughs> that I, I, have an, I, I have an ice affinity, the different shapes for different things, mm-hmm. and I would- decorate my entire new home with various so the questions i've been getting lately are if you go if you buy you go to a bar you order whiskey Mm -hmm. and they say do you want crushed ice or a block block yeah i go i'm I'm going block too why is that so there's a fancy it makes me feel it does make you feel fancier right you do feel a little elevated (laughs) with the block or the sphere the more it's surface area Right, if you have a crushed ice or cubes, yeah, the whiskey gets in between the ice. It melts the ice quicker. The whiskey or gets water, the watery faster. Yes, the, okay. the ice melts quicker with more surface area. Your drink gets diluted, so that's why you want the cube. The cube plus yeah. you feel fancy. Plus you feel fancy. Yeah. <laughs> like and a it, Rockefeller. And it makes that nice sound when you kind of bang like, it up against like the side. Not, like the, the place I go to, they put like a little sprig of something on top of what the do ice you cube. Get uh, Are I'm you get, getting an old fashioned? No, I'm, get, I'm getting a rum, uh, a, a mai tai. Okay, well, yeah, that has to have some sort of tropical component. Yeah, like it's, a, it's wa- got not watermelon, uh, pineapple. Yeah, it's got mai something tai. like a little thing on top of yeah. the ice cube. You're like really cool. That's Do you really like a, cool. a fruity drink, John? No, I not even a Bahama Mama on a cruise. Well, that that was the theme <laughs> of that week, and a Bahama Mama is basically like a mai tai, except it has coconut instead of. Whatever you put in a Mai Tai. Mm, a Bahama good. Mama is good. white. A Mai Tai is red, right? A Mai right. Tai is more brown. <laughs> oh, you meant Brown-ish. the drinker. It's rum and pineapple juice in a Mai Tai. Basically, yeah. yeah dark yeah. rum but and it's pineapple dar- juice. But it's dark. It, yeah. It's dark. Uh, by the way, movies that, uh, that scare you, I yeah. heard you oh, talking yeah. about this. You said uh, Wizard to, of Oz. To, Wizard of Oz, The Witch, terrified me as yep. a kid, and Jaws. Those are the two that still to this day so, I have a certain feeling about. I, I grew up on you know Beach Town. I grew up in Corona Del Mar, and a bunch of my friends went. We like fourteen of us went and saw Jaws, and we all made a pact that we were going to swim out to the buoys the very next day so we wouldn't be too scared to go in the ocean. But that movie freaked me the hell out. Did you go to the buoy? Oh yeah, but I was horrified. Yeah. Did you have and, one? Uh, yeah. Well, Jaws was one. I don't go in the ocean anymore. Because of Jaws? A hundred percent because of Jaws. That movie's 100%, 50 years old. A hundred percent. Stigmatized, the, the, got, got into my skin. All the time you've spent away. in therapy, but you have not been Ohio. able to get past this. Yeah. I know, but it was. But then when I go to the beach, I'm like, oh no, I see what the shark. And then these drone shots over the all the sharks. Yes, they, they've those always been there. me out even more. Okay, so more sharks, or because we have access to drones that can go see these, they've always been there. We just have never correct. Known. And now I know they're there, and like there's even less chance I'm going to go in the. And the other one was The Exorcist. I mean, I grew up Catholic. I was banned from watching. The power that movie. of Christ compels <laughs> yeah, you. I mean, did you ever see The Exorcist? Yes. Oh my God. Okay, and this is a terrible like that. I realized I was terrified of the Green Witch and Wizard of Oz, yeah. and it's the same thing. That The Exorcist felt fake. It felt like a, a woman in a costume wearing makeup and throwing pea soup at you. Hmm. The, the the Witch and the Wizard of Oz I thought was Imagine, real. because that was like I know. 50 years earlier. Yeah, you thought the special the effects were better in the 30s than they were the in the 70s. And the warts and the hat oh, it was and scary. everything it was else scary. that went there. Super Crosstalk's brought to you by In-N-Out Burger. In-N-Out, that's what a hamburger's all about. We'll see you tomorrow.